Is this mic working? There we go. <laughs> My name is Warren Williams. I'm one of the pastors here, and today I'm grateful for the opportunity to be able to dive into God's word together with you. Um, firstly, what I would like to do is to wish everyone a happy new year. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. And I'd like to say if your New Year's resolution was to attend church more, to watch more online, congratulations, you're off to a really good start this year. Okay, so today we are going to be in the book of Exodus. We heard we're going to be in the Old Testament. And what we're going to be looking at is the song that the people of God sing directly after God frees them from 400 years of bondage. If you're like me, this is a very timely message today because 2020 felt like 400 years of bondage in our homes. So what we're going to be looking at today is we're going to look at how God's faithfulness, how the way that he delivers his people, how it inspires this song that they sing. And we're going to think through how we as God's people today, how we can sing a new song in 2021 as we reflect on God's unchanging character and how he leads his people through times of trouble. Amen. All right, let's pray. And then we'll dive in. God, we are so grateful that you've brought us here. Lord, you've allowed us to see a new year, allowed us to see a new day. God, I pray, Lord, that as we um, think through and read your word and hear from your word, Lord, that we would learn and know that as we go forward this year that you are with us, that you go before us, Lord, and we have no reason to be afraid because it is you um, who goes in front of us, God. God, give us the ability to open our hearts, our ears, and our eyes to receive your word this morning, Lord. Speak to us. Let your Holy Spirit continue to fill this room. In your name, amen. All right, so you, we, we heard the text read, and one of the first things, I want, I want to kind of set the scene and also uh, just talk about like what exactly this type of text is that we're looking at today. All right, we're looking at a song. We heard, we heard read the lyrics to a song, right? The Israelites here, they're worshiping God, and the people of God have responded and given God glory through, through song since the beginning of time. We did it here this morning, right? And music is something that we see that's interwoven throughout the entirety of Scripture, right? So much so that the longest book of the Bible is a book of songs. It's the Psalms. And I think that's important for us to, to note here, right, as we think about this song today, is because the way that God has designed us is that we easily remember music, Studies show that even with diseases that affect the brain like Alzheimer's, those musical memories, they stick with us, right? For me, the way I've seen this play out is, you know, when I first moved to Phoenix, um, I worked at an overnight shift at a trucking company. And so I would go into work at 6 p.m., I'd get off at 6 a.m., and when I got off my shift, I would be tired, I'd be exhausted, and I'd be really hungry, and so what I would do is on my way home, um, I would stop at Sonny's Diner in Tempe, and I would get hey, some Sonny fans out there. Okay, that's, that's what's up. I would stop there, and I would get their breakfast special. It was like $5, and that's where the budget was at the time. And so it was like a plate of like bacon and eggs, and I would sit there, and I would eat. And as I was eating, I would listen to this song. It was called An Xbox Kill My Dog by The Flying Lotus. It was an instrumental hip-hop song. That's just the name. And so up to this day, right, I listened to it yesterday as I was, I was taking a walk around my neighborhood, and up to this day, whenever I hear it, I can place myself back at Sonny's Diner. Like, I remember the eggs. I remember the bacon. I remember being there, right? And I was just home um, for the holidays, and, um, you know, I was talking to my dad, and we were playing some old disco songs, and he was talking about, man, I remember when these songs came out. I remember, like, dating your mom and doing the Saturday Night Fever dance. Like, I remember that. 
right? And so for you, it may have been, you know, the song that played at your seventh grade dance or the song that played at your graduation. In our generation, it was, as you go off. That was like everybody's song, um, graduation song. Or the song that played at your wedding. These songs, they stick with us, right? And so it makes sense that if we want to remember who God is, if we want to remember the God that we serve, that we would do it through music, Right, and with music, there are so many different types of music. There are so many different genres. There are so many ways that music can be expressed and done. And the type of song that we see that we'll read today that's being sung is an anthem. Right, countries, they have national anthems that recall their history or you know, try to create a collective identity for their people. And that's kind of what we see here. Right, the Israelites, they were singing this national anthem that recalled how God had delivered them 400 years of bondage. And so for those of you maybe who aren't familiar with this story, I'm going to set it up for you. And even for those of us who are familiar, maybe we heard this story in vacation Bible school and Sunday school, and we're, you know, we know it like the back of our hand. We've seen the Prince of Egypt 20 times. Um, you know, sometimes like a classic song, we need to hear it again so that we can hear it with like fresh ears, right? And so that's what we're doing. So walk with me here. So in the story of the Exodus, the Israelites, they find themselves enslaved in Egypt under this tyrant pharaoh. Right? He subjects them to this backbreaking labor, this infanticide. They're in a bad spot. They're just in an overall, a really terrible spot. And scripture tells us that God hears the cries of the Israelites. And he remembers his promise to them. And so what he does is he raises up Moses to go to Pharaoh and demand that Pharaoh let his people go. And then there's these series of plagues and Pharaoh's not really impressed. So he doesn't do much and he makes some like kind of false promises. But eventually there's this final plague that comes and Pharaoh says, I've seen enough. Right? And so he allows the people to leave. But as they're leaving, he has second thoughts. He's like, wait a second. I don't think it's a good idea for my nation that I'm running to have our labor source completely uh, gone. So we actually need you to come back. Right? And what we see is that God, he opens the waters and allows his people to safely pass through. And with the Pharaoh and Egyptian army, he sends them for a final swim in the Red Sea. And so they're singing this morning because of this God. This God who brought them through, who proved himself to be bigger than their enemies, and now they know that their future is secure because it is this God who is leading them to the promised land. How many of us need to hear that that's the kind of God we serve this morning? Oh, man. All right, so if you open up uh, to Exodus 15, verse 1, it says, Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord, saying, I will sing to the Lord. For he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. One of the first things we recognize here is that God has given his people new music to sing. Right, God, the greatest artist of all time, he does like a new music drop. Like on Fridays, the new music comes out, it's like he gives them a new song to sing. Right, because they needed a new song. Because up to this point, if they had a song that kind of embodied their experience up to this point, it would have been a, kind of a sad song. Right, the song that comes to mind immediately for me is that song that plays during like the ASPCA commercials. Whereas, like, I think the animals are just doing kind of normal things, but the way the, the song kind of goes with the visuals, you, like, you can't walk away from that commercial not feeling guilty. And I don't know why I feel guilty, because I've, I've already adopted a dog. I've done my part. <laughs> and so that's the kind of song they have, right, up to this point. But then God moves, right, and their song changes from that 
to a song more like, ain't no stopping us now, we're on the move. <laughs> That's the kind of song that they're singing now, right? As they've witnessed the power of God deliver them, he's given them a new song to sing and something to realize here, something to recognize is that they're not waiting to sing it. They're singing it immediately. You know, they could have said, you know what, let's, let's wait until we get to the promised land. You know, let's kind of see if this God is actually gonna do what he said. Like, let's, let's, at least get the, let's at least get the promised land in view before we start putting some lyrics together. But no, they're singing immediately. And as I was thinking about, you know, put it, kind of putting together this message and thinking about, okay, we're talking about singing a new song. I was wondering, is the time right? Right, we're, th- we're literally three days into the new year. Right, and the problems that plagued us in 2020, they're not, they're not gone. They're still here. We still have to contend with a lot of the things that we dealt with last year. And so I, was, I had this tension of like, is the time right to sing a new song? But then it hit me. We're not singing because of our circumstances. We're singing because we know who the character of God is. Right, this God who opened the waters for, and allowed his people to safely pass through. And for us, if you're here, if you're here in person or you're watching online, he's the one that's put the breath in our lungs and allowed us to be here. Right, and shown himself to be faithful even in the midst of it. Right, this is the God who loves his people deeply and we can sing to him today. We don't have to wait. Amen? Okay, so as a musician... I'm a, I'm a decent musician. I'm not that great. I'm all right. So I sit down and write songs, right? And when I sit down to write a song, right, one of the first things I consider is, okay, who, what's going to be the object of attention? What is the thing that I want the listener to walk away with saying, okay, this song was about this? And so when I write a song, to be honest, I may write about like five different things in a song, right? I may write about um, my, my love, my unending love for my wife. I may write about my sneakers, right? I may write about my favorite taco shop, Tacos Chihuahuas, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I might write about a couple of different things. I might write about a number, a number of different things, right? But what we see in this song of Moses, what we see in this song that the Israelites are singing is that there is one object of attention. There's one focus, right? They are focused on God alone. Right? You read in verse two, it says, it, the Lord is my strength and my song, and he has my, become my salvation. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. You know, what's interesting here is that Moses, right? Moses has been used uniquely in God's plan of deliverance here, right? But what we don't see Moses is Moses is not like hanging out in the background of this, hook and, of this song and just like, hey, can I get a shout out in the background, God? Like maybe if Moses was more like me, he'd try to get an ad lib in. But that's not what we see. The focus is on God alone and what he has delivered, how he's delivered them, right? If this song had a hook, it'd just be like, look what you've done, Lord. Look what you've done and look who you are. And I think that's the way we want to sing in this new year. That's how we want our song to be in this new year. But it's hard for us to get there sometimes because I think like a lot of the music, a lot of the popular music that's out there today, this is not the orientation we see in our music, right? We don't see a lot of our popular music just making songs that look out at what God is doing. No, we actually see the opposite, right? A lot of our music is more focused on ourselves. 
You know, one of the songs I enjoyed from these past couple years was a song by the artist named Drake. You may have heard of him before. And it was a song named God's Plan. And, you know, I, you know before listening to it, I was like, okay, like, I know Drake is Jewish. Maybe he's going to spit some Old Testament rhymes here. Let's see what he's got, you know? Like, let, let's see what comes here. And so the song, you know, I, I, I press play, um, and the song plays, and I'm like, the first couple lines, I'm like, uh, he's like, I don't know if people are peaceful. There's a struggle for me. There's a struggle for me. And then, like, the song just continues. I was like, wait a second. I'm not hearing much about God's plan here. I'm hearing more about Drake's plan. I was like, okay, like, this song's cool, but I'm not really seeing God being glorified in this song, even though he's in the title. Um, and, you know, the reality of it is that it's not just Drake. Right? Sometimes even in our own worship music, sometimes it's more focused on ourselves rather than looking out at what God is doing. And we want to sing a song that looks out, that gives glory to God. We want to sing songs like we see in the Psalms, right? That look out at the God who is orchestrating all things, right? And holding it all together, but it comes close and near to his people. We want to sing to that God. We want to sing looking out of the, the, the window at the majesty of God rather than looking in the mirror at ourselves. And the beauty of it is this, is that when we sing like that, when our focus is on God, we get to focus less on our worries. We get to look, focus less on ourselves. And we focus less on our problems that, you know what? A lot of the issues, a lot of the problems that we experienced in 2020, they were a lot, they were a lot bigger than any of us can handle on our own. When we, when we look at ourselves, we only see the problems and we miss the fact that though we may have big problems, we have a bigger God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. If there, and you know what? If there was anyone, big problems, and I think this is what the Israelites recognize. This is what they recognize in their song, right? Because the reality is they had big problems, right? Let's talk about some of their problems. Their problems were that, you know, they had been enslaved for 400 years, right? And just when they're leaving and they think everything is going to be green pastures and rosy days ahead, they look back. And there's the Egyptian army, one of the most powerful armies of their day, on their heels. And you know, they're not coming to bid them adieu. Right? They're on their heels with the horse and the chariot. Right? When I first read that, I was like, only, thing, only place I think I've seen a horse and chariot is at like medieval times. But I don't think that's what's happening here. Right? This horse and chariot, these, this, these weapons that are on their heel are some of the most advanced weapons of their day, right? And you gotta know, it's like tanks rolling up to them. Right? And you gotta know that they're thinking, you know what? Here we go again. Same old song. They're terrified. They got big problems. What does God do? Let's pick up in verse six. It says, your right hand, O Lord, glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, shatters the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you overthrow your adversaries. You send out your fury. It consumes them like stubble. At the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up. The flood stood up in a heat. The deeps congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue. I will overtake. I will divide the spoil. My desire shall have its fill of them. I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. You blew with your wind. The sea covered them. They sank like lead 
in the mighty waters. So with all I've just talked about, with Egypt and them having the weapons and all this time working on developing this, I don't know, powerful weapon of war, how is it that Egypt's fate, that Pharaoh's fate reminds me of this scene? Mm. Still sad, so sad to see. So this photo here is from a recent boxing match between um, NBA player Nate Robinson and YouTuber Jake Paul. And the, <laughs> the, YouTuber, the YouTuber had previous experience in the ring. He knows his way around the ropes, right? He, has, he actually had a win-loss record. Yeah, he, he, he walked into this fight with some experience. You know, that makes a difference. But the NBA player, you know, he's like, you know, I played for the Knicks. I know a lot about winning, um, you know. <laughs> I've, I'm an athlete, like, I mean, I have boxed, but, you know, we could do this, right? Like, it should be a fair fight because I'm an athlete, right? And what we saw by round two, that wasn't going to be the case, right? By round two, it was night, night, Nate, unfortunately. <laughs> and, you know, this is similar in a lot of ways to Egyptian culture because Pharaoh, he thinks, him, he thinks of himself as a god, right? So when Moses comes to Pharaoh and tells him, hey, my God is saying that you need to let his people go, he's like, oh, you have a God. I'm a God. Tell him to come and let's handle this like grown gods, right? But that's not what's happening here. The, 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 what Pharaoh failed to recognize is that the God who fought for the Israelites here wasn't another person calling himself God, but it was actually the God of all creation, and he shatters imposters and imposter gods. Right, you read in verse eight, at the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up, the flood stood up in the heat, the deeps congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy goes on to talk some trash. He says, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide. He blow, you blew with your wind, the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. It's like we're witnessing God just like blow his nose and whistle. The battle's over, just like that. Just like that, he proved himself to be bigger than the enemies of Israel. This, the encouragement from this is that this is the same God we serve today. See, we can sing a new song in 2021 because God will prove himself to be bigger than any, than any of the enemies that we face. And so you may be asking yourself, okay, who are our enemies? Right? Is it that person who just keeps writing those annoying statuses on Facebook and I thought I hid them, but the algorithm keeps popping them up and then every time I open my Facebook, I get mad? Right? Is that our enemy or is it our boss who, even though we're working from home, he keeps piling on work and you're like, dude, I'm trying to take some naps in between there and there. Like, I'm home. Come on. It's a different flow. Right? Is that our enemy? No. Paul, in Ephesians 6, he sheds some light on who are the enemies of God's people today. He says... For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, against the rulers, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. You see, you've heard it said here before that the, the enemies that we face today are the powers of darkness, the powers of sin, Satan, and death. Right? But the good news, what's the, the message at the heart of the good news of the gospel is that God, through Jesus Christ, he bore our sin and that he shattered Satan and that he defeated death and proved himself bigger than the enemies that we face through his life, through his death, through his resurrection, amen? And so this past year, you may have dealt with some of the outworkings of the enemies, right? The outworkings of brokenness, 
You may have seen it in strained relationships because of political differences with your family or loneliness or just the many different ways that we had to contend with the brokenness of our world this past year. But what I want to tell you is this, is that if you're facing those enemies this morning, if they feel like they're crushing you, is that God sees you, is that he, he's with you, and that you could trust in, him, trust in him because this God that we're talking about today, this God has never lost a battle, amen? Now, the reality is that, is that life on this side of the kingdom, even though God will ultimately prove himself to be bigger than the enemies that we face, it doesn't mean that we don't you know, get scars and wounds that come along the way. And I think in the passage we're looking at today, we don't, that doesn't miss us. We don't miss that, right? Because if you think about it, they, like we said, they were, the Israelites were just freed from this long period of being in bondage, right? And so they're probably looking around. They're looking around at their friends and their families, and they're saying, they're looking and saying, wow, man, like you still have the scars on you from slave drivers' whips, man. Like there are, there are families that they're looking at that are missing kids because of Pharaoh's decrees. Like they're scarred. But what we notice about this song of Moses that we're looking at today, what we notice about how, when this song is being sung is that it's being sung in the midst of their pain. They're worshiping through their pain. Right? 2020, I think, this past year, has all left us scarred to, to one degree or another. Right? You may have, like, like me, you may have lost a family member to COVID. Right? You've been sick yourself or you've lost your source of income. There's just so many different ways that, you know, you could have been scarred in this past year. I think we all experienced it in some way, in some way or another. And so maybe if you're like me, I grew up in church and I've always heard like you're supposed to just worship through suffering and, you know, put on the best face. But like, what does that actually look like? And so I got a great example of that um, recently. There's a guy who's in my um, redemption community and this guy is, man, he's just had it particularly rough in this season. All right, he's battled some serious health issues. He's had like COVID a couple times. That's how I found out that was even possible. I didn't even know that was possible. He has just had a rough go of it, man, like this season. And so one day, you know, he shows up to our uh, small group meeting that we're having outdoors. And man, he's like sitting there and he's giving updates. And when this guy enters a room, he fills the room with joy, right? Like there's just a piece about him that's really authentic. It's not like a false sense of peace. Like, oh, everything's going to be okay. Like, it's really there. And so as he was finished giving his updates and letting us know, you know, where he was with his health and everything like that, I just asked him. I was like, hey, man, how are you doing? Like, how are you able to hold up? How are you able to maintain your peace through everything that you're going through? I'd be a mess. And he gave me this answer. He said, you know what? No, Warren, I don't love being sick. I don't love having to go to the doctor and not knowing what serious diagnosis they're going to give me today. I didn't see my life go in this direction. But what I do know is this, is that God has been with me. When I look back on my life, he's been with me through every step. Right? When I think about you know, how Jesus met me, right? when I think about how he's cared for my kids, how, how he's even allowed my family to be led to Arizona, to be surrounded by this community that loves them. When I think about all that, even through this, all I can do is worship. And you know what? When, I, when he said that, I was just like, dude, you're so much holier than me. That's impressive. 
right? But that's what it looks like. That's what it looked like for me to see someone actually worshiping through their pain. Does it? So as we sing this new song in 2021, as we talk about celebrating a new year, right? As we sing this song, it doesn't mean that there isn't pain there. What Will talked about last week, what God does with our broken testimonies, what he does with our wounds and our scars, is he uses them. He uses them to draw us to himself, to show us his power, to remind us of his love that he brought when he brings us through, reminds us of his faithfulness. And you know what? I may be messed up and you may be messed up, but if God got us, we're going to be all right. Just like that. And that's what we see in the last section of the song we're looking at today. If we pick up in verse 14, it says, The peoples have heard. They tremble. Pangs have seized the inhabitants of Philistia. Now are the chiefs of Edom dismayed. Trembling seizes the leaders of Moab. All the inhabitants of Canaan have melted away. Terror and dread fall upon them because of the greatness of your arm. They are still as a stone. Till your people, O Lord, pass by. To the people pass by whom you have purchased, you will bring them in and plant them on your own mountain, the place, O Lord, which you have made for your abode, the sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established. The Lord will reign forever and ever. This thing drops one more time. So what we recognize here is that Israel, what we see here is Israel isn't finished facing enemies, right? And these nations that are mentioned in this passage, in this section that we just looked at, these nations of Moab and Edom and Philistia, these are the nations that as Israel was passing by them on their way to the promised land, they would be looking to destroy them, right? And you could think, one would think, okay, why would these nations be afraid, right? They have the time on their side. They probably, they've been nations, they've been established much longer. They probably have time to come up with battle strategies and plans for Israel as they come, right? They probably have weapons that they've been delivering for, uh, developing for a long time. They have that on their side. But what makes all the difference here is that they don't have the God of the universe fighting for them on their side. And that makes a world of difference, right? The peoples have heard. It says the peoples have heard, right? What they've heard is that the big bully of the region in Egypt, ooh, they got knocked flat on their face. So they know now, okay, if we're going to go and try to destroy these peoples, if we're going to go and try to destroy the Israelites, we're going to have to deal with this God. And we saw how that ended for Egypt. We saw how that ended for Nate. No, not really Nate. And it just reminded me of like when I was growing up. I grew up in the Bronx, New York, um, and I grew up during the 50 Cent era of music, right? And if you don't know what that is, just know toms were hard. And so, um, you know, everyone was trying to prove themselves to be the toughest kid on the block. Right? So as you would be walking home from school, you'd have to contend with these groups of kids who would try to beat you up and rob you, just normal, everyday kid stuff, I'm sure you can relate to. Right? But the reason why I was able to avoid a lot of those issues is because I had a cousin. Right? And this cousin, he liked the fight. And so people recognized that if they were going to mess with Warren and his friends, they were going to have to deal with him. And they said, you know what? We just don't want those problems. And I think that's similar to how these nations are feeling. This is how the enemies of God's, God's people, this is how they're always feeling. They're always feeling in dread. They're always terrified. 
right? Because they know, like we said, that this guy we're talking about, he doesn't lose. And so our encouragement today is that the enemies that we talked about, the enemies of darkness, the enemies of sin, Satan, these enemies, they're scared, right? Because the enemies recognize that Jesus has already won the victory. And those of us who will call Jesus and have faith in Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we've won the victory too. So we can sing a new song in 2021 because you know what? No matter how vicious the traps are of the enemies, they ultimately will not be victorious. Amen? Okay. I want to make the point again. Israel's journey here, they were, it wasn't finished. Right, we talked about it would be one thing if they were singing this song as they're marching into, the Can- uh, into Canaan, into the promised land. That's not what we see, right? right? Actually, there's a wilderness that's in front of them that they're going to be in for 40 more years because of their own complaints and unbelief. They're going to be there for 40 more years. And so this song, man, it's like, imagine a team you root for doing like Gatorade baths and like holding up a trophy in the first quarter or the first inning. You'd be like... You probably don't want to do that because there's a lot of game left, right? And when it comes to sports, that makes sense because you got different players, you have different teams, right? You got different uh, uh, factors that can change the game, that can allow teams and different players to rise up and be champions, right? But in this battle, in the battles that God faces against his enemies, there will only be one champion. You see it in verse 18, the Lord will reign forever. And ever, if that's not clear enough. And so with the knowledge of that, I have the knowledge of all we talked about, who God is, how he loves us, how he fights. I think we have an opportunity to respond in the wilderness season that lies before us in 2021. Right? The great unknown that lies before us. And the truth is that in the wilderness, like God will always be faithful, but a lot of times us as people, we can be very forgetful. We forget what God has done, what he's brought us through, how he's proven himself. We can be very forgetful. And so this wilderness place that we're going into, it can either be a place of fear, it could be a place of unbelief, it could be a place of complaining, it could be a place where we, we, we turn to idols for our sense of security and safety. Right, we try to find our certainty in all the other places except Jesus. It can be that. Or it could be a place where we trust that what God is doing, what God is doing through the wilderness, what he's doing is leading his people to a place of peace and security in his presence. And the good news is that we don't have to wait to see if God is doing that. God is doing that. Right? He started with the work of what Jesus has done. God has done it. He secured our future. Right? We, see, we actually see this play out in Revelation, right? in the last book of the Bible that talks about what the end of time looks like. We see this actually play out. And this song of Moses, it pops up again. And you know who's singing it? The people who have endured people who have been through all the different wilderness seasons and went through all the traps that the enemy has thrown at them, they're singing this song and the song of the Lamb because they recognize, they've seen that God proved himself to be true and he brought them through. 
This is the God we serve this morning. This is our future. And so, as we come to the table this morning, let's sing a new worship to this God we talked about today. This God through G- who, through Jesus, has ensured that the enemies of 2021 and beyond are not going to be victorious. He's already won the victory. And through his body and blood, he has purchased us as his own. And we can enter this year with the assurance that this God he goes before us. Amen? We're going to be all right, y'all. We're going to be all right. I invite you to take up the communion elements. All right, first, we're going to eat the bread. And the bread calls us to remember Jesus' body given to us. And as we eat this morning, I want us to think and remember that it is, it is him who sustains us through this year and through every year. You may eat. Next, the juice, the wine. And as we drink this, this this recalls Jesus' blood shed for us on the cross, right? The ultimate act of delivering his people today. And as we drink today, we remember that it's it's this same blood that covers us throughout this year. And there's power in the blood of Jesus. You may drink. Would you pray with me?